cultures may have lots in common. Yet remember, two magnets with the same polarity do not stick together. They say that differences are dangerous, yet seven stripes on the same color will never make a rainbow. Don't be deceived by similarities, but don't focus too much on the differences. Devil is in the details. Same but different series aims to show what national cultures have in common, what makes them different, and how both the similarities and differences influence the way we do business. In the world of business, Mexicans are used to having a clear hierarchical order in which everybody has a place and there is no need for further justification. But the manager's role is way more than driving processes and stakeholder communication. I see many similarities among the three cultures we're discussing. Um, the second driver and a source of motivation for Colombians, this is something that helps people navigate the dynamic and diverse environment. Some colleagues may opt to give time to family instead of going to the office. Chinese often appreciate the value of leisure time outside of the workplace. Hello to all our listeners and welcome. I'm very excited to be part of this conversation. I'm Ale, a language teacher and evaluator here at SoftServe, born and raised in Mexico, and I'm here to share my insights on Latin American culture, but more specifically, the Mexican one. We're going to dive deep into these wonderful cultures with practical examples to help you build stronger relationships with coworkers. Hi there, everyone. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm Vesua from Bulgaria, also language teacher and evaluator at SoftServe. I had the amazing opportunity to live and work for a year and a half in Chile, which brought me some worthwhile experiences, as well as a couple of culture shocks. Greetings, everyone. I'm happy to be joining this conversation from Ukraine, working as a communication and culture consultant at SoftServe and helping our employees build interaction with customers, I'm excited to share my observations and experiences. But before we go any further, let me say congrats to you, Ellie, on your recent one-year anniversary at SoftServe. Thank you, Lesia. I feel very fortunate to be part of such an amazing multicultural team. Throughout this year, I have grown and learned tremendously from all my coworkers, students, and managers. And now I'm thrilled to share a bit of my expertise of the Mexican culture. I have to be honest with you, ladies. When I joined SoftServe in 2021, I had no idea that my career path will intertwine with Chile again. It was a wonderful surprise when I found out that the company is entering the market in Latin America, not in one, but in three different locations. That's right. Locations in Mexico, Colombia, and Chile are now an integral part of the company, and I can't believe we opened them only a year ago, in 2022. I got more numbers here, and I have to say they truly speak to the dedication of the team involved to ensure the seamless launch of operations. Just think about it. 200 associates to onboard the locations, more than 100 business trips, and only 10 months. That's amazing. And it may sound like easy now, but launching three locations simultaneously was no small feat. It involved numerous complex tasks, such as identifying what the right locations would be, hiring and training newcomers, developing marketing and advertising campaigns, and establishing delivery teams. 
And of course, our Department of Cross-Cultural Communication contributed greatly to developing the understanding of cultural values, similarities, and differences. And that is one of the primary steps that we take as a global company when entering new locations. The result of these efforts is something to be proud of. Every 10th company client now has their team in Latin America, and I was happy to be one of about 400 people hired in just one year. So much work at the forefront and backstage, research, planning, and alignment. No wonder this phenomenal growth was recognized by the Soft Serve Awards in the strategic nomination Globalize. The thought that just crossed my mind is that at times like this, you can really see slogans, themes, and values, something intangible and maybe hard to grasp, showing in real life practical representation. What I mean is SoftServe is a global company, right? Um, being global goes far beyond having a vast global footprint. It requires having a global mindset. And learning about cultures is a great way to develop such mindset, right? So on that note, how about we explore the manager-employee relationship in these cultures? Alejandra, what would you say characterizes this kind of relationship in Mexico? In the world of business, Mexicans are used to having a clear hierarchical order in which everybody has a place and there is no need for further justification. We are aware that there are differences in roles within a company or a team and we treat them as such. And with this point, I think it's important to highlight that this structure is reflected in the way we speak and address each other. For instance, we might use the professional title of an associate in a higher position within the company, such as doctor, professor, or licenciado, arquitecto, etc. Also, it's important to use the word usted, which is the formal way of the pronoun you, to refer to older people, for example, or people with a higher role within a company. Now, if you're ever in the situation and it's unusual to refer to someone as usted, it's customary to ask if the other person is okay if you address them by tú, which is you. And really, the idea of hierarchies originate from the family, where usually the father figure has a power role, and it's not really questioned. That made me think about how strong the language culture ties are, and also how people from more hierarchical cultures show respect. What I noticed when working with colleagues from Colombia is that people rely on their manager a lot. For instance, it really shows in the meeting dynamics when a manager is the one who communicates key messages, questions and requests from the team or individuals. The team in return listen a lot and show their agreement with what the manager is saying. They would also ask few questions. Like one of the colleagues once said, Colombians usually have many questions. They don't necessarily ask them, though. But the manager's role is way more than driving processes and stakeholder communication. It's also about being caring and empathetic towards the team's needs and feelings, which is of course reflected in the verbal and nonverbal communication. So it sounds like Colombians would prefer a leader rather than a manager. Exactly. A leader that is people-oriented in their managerial style which means showing that they value people when deadlines are pending or issues appear or misunderstandings arise. 
And it will also show in the way leaders approach decision-making, as it's important for the team to see that their views and needs are considered and that the manager makes a decision based on the group's consensus. Indeed, Lesia. This is the same way us Mexicans perceive the relationship with our managers or leaders. The expectation is that we take care and look out for each other, where open communication is key to making sure everyone is being heard and their thoughts and opinions are taken into account. Vesela, how similar or different does that sound to the way things are in Chile? I see many similarities among the three cultures we're discussing. Chilean organizations often have a clear, top-down, hierarchical structure, but there is an interesting difference. Managers have significant decision-making authority. That stems from the fact that respect for authority figures, including managers, is important. However, a Chilean student of mine once shared their observation that would illustrate the difference well. During manager-led meetings, Chilean subordinates ask a lot of questions. They don't shy away from clarifying what is needed from them, and they don't mind asking why. It might sound like they're challenging authority, but these cases just show us that Chile is the least top-down hierarchy from the three cultures. And furthermore, I have seen the way Chilean managers really care about their team. For example, since the pandemic started, a lot of Chilean companies started doing mental health checks at the beginning of every meeting. The adoption of such practices shows that although hierarchy is important, building personal relationships and trust with colleagues, including superiors, is valuable and necessary. I think it's interesting how for us, calling our manager boss or in Spanish jefe or jefa is a natural thing to do. Of course, we also call them by their name, but occasionally we refer to them by boss. And yes, we use this term to imply that there's a hierarchical structure, but it's really used in a more relaxed way, not so much to sound formal. I often think that learning about new cultures is like adding a new lens to how you see the world. What fascinates you the most about it? Exploring cultures and uh, providing consultancy services at SoftServe One of the most interesting aspects for me is what stands behind people's motivation, what they prioritize and what they seek at work. And I see three main drivers that stand out to me here. Accomplishment, flexibility, and social life. So let me dwell a little on each. I think getting ahead in life is important for Colombians in general. People can be very ambitious and driven. Um, Career advancement and financial security are by far the most common goals that people set for themselves. And these values show well in the so-called entrepreneurial spirit in the country. Most of the population does something apart from the job. Running a small business or doing a few part-time jobs or engaging in different entrepreneurial activities. Yeah, people are usually willing to work hard to provide for their family. As far as flexibility is concerned, um, the second driver and a source of motivation for Colombians, this is something that helps people navigate the dynamic and diverse environment. Dynamic in terms of economic challenges over the years, 
and diverse in terms of regional and cultural differences. Taking into account strong emphasis on the bonds in the family and among close people, Colombians would seek flexibility and understanding in the workplace. I remember my colleague um, sharing about the time when he was going through a really hard patch and had to allocate more time to his family member. The thing that gave him most comfort was the client's empathy and support. He later told me that it reinforced his loyalty to the project and the company too. And that's a really good example of how people's values and expectations show in real-life events in the workplace. Exactly. Social life-wise, that might be the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about cultural values in Latin America. And you wouldn't be wrong. Joining the company and the team where they cherish relationship is vital for Colombians, as people would like to engage in frequent social gatherings that really bring people together. On the contrary, let's think about life after COVID in Europe for a second. Quite a lot of people never came back to the office, as working from home saves you time, commute, and money, and seems to be easier overall. Now, looking at Colombia, the lifestyle seems to be similar to the one in Mexico. Ale, do you remember our conversation about how people see 100% remote work? I sure do. The mix of remote and office work is popular, but if one works remotely by choice on a permanent basis, people might perceive it as something antisocial. Why won't you come to the office and spend some time with your colleagues? And a possible explanation is that some colleagues may opt to give time to family instead of going to the office. Yeah, why not? For us Mexicans, generally, we're driven by competition, achievement, and success. These are things that we tend to prioritize since this value system usually starts in school and continues throughout organizational life. A possible explanation to this is that Mexicans have gone through a few rough patches and sometimes people felt like they were looked down on. So in a way, we think that we must prove ourselves beyond the personal achievement. Excelling, trying to be the best, is a strong driver for motivation. In relation to this, I think it's important to highlight the significance of praising. So I would say that Mexicans are praising seekers. It serves as an emotional driver given that performance and growth are quite important for us. And showing appreciation for our work is meaningful. This is also strongly related with tangible bonuses that we receive, which makes us more loyal to the company. In Chilean culture, the concept of work-life balance emphasizes the belief that while hard work and professional success are significant, they should not come at the expense of personal well-being and relationships. Chileans often appreciate the, the value of leisure time outside of the workplace. This may manifest in various ways, such as taking vacations, enjoying hobbies, or simply spending quality time with family or friends. The emphasis on personal time is seen as essential for overall happiness and fulfillment. My students have canceled plenty of classes due to well-deserved vacation time. That's an interesting thing to observe, what people tend to prioritize and what they tend to sacrifice. Right! And just like with Colombia and Mexico, socializing with family and friends holds a very special place in Chilean culture. Whether it's gathering for a meal or celebrating special occasions, 
the bonds formed through social interactions are highly valued. This emphasis on interpersonal relationships contributes to a sense of community and support, creating a network that extends far beyond the workplace. Chilean professionals may prioritize maintaining a healthy work-life balance by avoiding excessive overtime or work-related stress, hence doing things at their own pace. Vesela, do you think it also relates to the importance of the balance between work and life? Yeah, I really do. The appreciation for work-life balance is evident in, in the way Chileans approach their daily lives. It's not uncommon for people to prioritize self-care, allocate time for relaxation, and engage in activities that bring joy and fulfillment. This cultural mindset encourages individuals to lead well-rounded lives, acknowledging that personal happiness and professional success are interconnected. Overall, I would say the emphasis on work-life balance in Chilean culture reflects a holistic approach to life. Recognizing that a fulfilling personal life enhances overall happiness and contributes positively to the professional sphere. This cultural value is a testament to the understanding that success and well-being are intertwined aspects of a meaningful and enriching life. I once got interested in what would be the first difference that you notice when arriving in the country. Apart from the things on the surface, of course, like language, food or traditions, can you guess? I would say the sense of time. And that's correct. Sometimes people see it as a lack of punctuality, which is of course not the case. The saying is that Colombians would just perceive time differently, I think. Their sense of time might be more fluid. Having said that, in the business setting, things usually start on time and people would expect foreigners to be on time too even if they run a few minutes late themselves. And I also feel like it's about flexibility, which people expect from each other. At the end of the day, relationships and socializing are of higher priority for people than arriving on time. So a piece of advice here would be try to understand and keep the balance between schedules and the people side of things, which some call relationship-oriented time. That's a great tip, Vasila. And if you're interested in how it shows in the competitive and driven IT industry, like a colleague from Colombia once said, it depends on the manager or the lead if the team will deliver within the deadline. What he meant there was that their role would be to keep the general focus on the goals, have reminders in the calendar and keep an eye on the objective in the team to hit the target. Some people may postpone the deadline and push things back until later. But if the manager clearly communicates the priority and urgency, the team will strive to deliver within the schedule. So hearing from a team member things like, let me do it, means that communication on the timeline and further alignment need to follow. In Mexico, it's interesting because we have a different way of perceiving time when we're at work and when we're talking about social events. I'll shed a light on both. So when we're talking about work, we try to be on time. And this is usually the case, especially when a meeting is about to start. But sometimes these meetings can be prolonged because we often see necessary to give time to people who we have a particular relationship with. 
That's what we call people come first kind of culture. That's right. We're focused on establishing relationships and completion of transactions rather than adherence to preset schedules. So I guess a key word here is flexibility. And this brings me to another important matter, which is deadlines. I think it is necessary to establish deadlines with Mexican colleagues, but to be aware that deadlines can be subject to change, hence the flexibility. However, if there's a sense of urgency and a need to prioritize, then efforts will be made to finish in time. On the other hand, time is perceived completely different when talking about social events. Punctuality is not our biggest strength, and this might be seen as disrespectful by foreigners. But believe me, that is not our intention. We arrive late to social events, but we spend a lot more than the usual hours talking, eating, and just enjoying the company. And I think Chileans would really relate to your comment, Lesia, about the deadline and managers having to make sure the projects are delivered on time. Chileans are no strangers to procrastination. They often wait until the final moment to complete tasks. This occasionally leads to haste. To prevent this, creating a timetable and emphasizing the timeline for each project can be beneficial. Regular updates are key. Uh, daily meetings and such wouldn't this upset your Chilean co-workers. If you request a specific task from a Chilean associate, they generally won't stop their current work. They finish the job within their timeline, which usually includes extra hours or sometimes weekend often office visits. So many interesting things to explore here. And I'm sure the next episode in the series will bring more insights to our listeners as we'll explore the way people build relationships. Yeah.